Yes, amen. Thank you, Amos. Thank you for leading us in that. Thank you, worship team. Um, I don't know about you guys, but uh, yeah, and, and also the junior high is missing. They're on uh, you know, uh, retreat this weekend as well, so, but um, I'm glad that you found yourself here. I'm glad that we can spend some time here together here this morning. Um, but I don't know about you, the first time I heard um, Regan's story, um, I, I was, it, something hit me. Uh, I hope that you were encouraged by that story as, as what I was in, the, in a sense of, of someone just stepping into something just natural around them and seeing a need in themselves, seeing that, you know, you know hey, I'm here with my kid and I'm, I'm kind of lonely and this is kind of a different thing and, and just there must be other people that feel this way and, and let's connect and, let's, and it just starts that way and it just kind of it has blossomed into this beautiful ministry and, and I just think it is so cool and so encouraging when people just take things that are just naturally a part of their life and just turn them into such beautiful things like that. And I know there's other stories like that as well. And I'm, I'm just so appreciative of our church body that steps into those, uh, those seasons and into those opportunities uh, that are around us and sees them and steps into us. I, I think, you know, the church, when we think about the church, there's so many things. And I think there's, you know, there's a beautiful, you know, this about us gathering here together as everybody and worshiping God and, and hopefully being encouraged to do these things and to step into life. Um, you know, we can have our nine o'clock hour where it's kind of medium-sized groups where we can get together. And right now I'm in part of the class where we're discussing business and faith and just how does this stuff work. Uh, but that's not the completion of it. The, the whole completion of us walking out our lives as our day-to-day stuff. Those things that we enjoy doing, those things that come natural to us, those things that are just part of who we are, and us stepping in and being intentional about them. And I'm just so excited to see the completeness of that, and so, so awesome. Uh, for some of you, you know that I, I have kind of picked up a new hobby in the last two or three years here. Um, I used to ride bicycle a lot, and man, that's a lot of work. I mean, <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I'm not going to lie, there's, there's enjoyment in some of it. You know, there's, there's moments where it's like downhill. Um, there's, there's moments where you're done. Um, there's moments where it is enjoyable sports. I'm not trying to say don't get into cycling. There are times, but I'm, <laughs> motorcycling is like that all the time. <laughs> it, I don't know. I don't know. It just seems pretty obvious to me. Like, it's just really fun. Like, I enjoy it. It's something I can go out and clear my mind. It's therapeutic for me to go out. And, and what, what this has done is it, it has connected me with people that I don't normally connect with. Just yesterday, I had um, two different rides that I went, was part of and went of. And, and what happens is these motorcycle groups, I don't, you can't call them gangs because that gets really kind of weird, but these motorcycle groups uh, get together and they, they put on rides. So there might be 40 or 50, 100 by motorcycles. It's usually a benefit for something. And they try to draw in you know, people for this and they, they put on these events. So I, I happened to yesterday to be part of two of them. The first one that I was part of, um, I rolled in and, okay, I'm on a motorcycle, so I, I feel like, okay, I'm at least, you know, should be here. Um, but every, I didn't know anybody there. Everybody looked not like me, all right? Everybody hasn't, wasn't shaved, <laughs> you know, everybody had goatees, long hair, we had vests on, we had, you know, part of the club, all these patches and all this, and here stands Greg in his polo shirt, 
you know, on a dresser, you know, a bike, and, you know, and here I am, guys. Um, and so it, it's putting me in this context of, of people that, but it, it was okay. Like, we could talk, and we could, you know, because we both, everybody that I talked to liked to ride motorcycle, believe it or not. It was amazing. Um, but it was, you know, and you have these stereotypes of some of the people that, you know, go to these and ride motorcycle kind of thing. Let me tell you, this benefit yesterday was for puppies. Yes, yeah, it was motorcycle group for raising for rescue puppies. Yeah, so they have soft hearts. They're good people. Uh, and I think they raised like $20,000 or something like that. It was amazing. It was a neat event to be at. But it, it puts me in these situations. Last evening, I, I went and it, just, it puts you around some really weird, weird people. Like just unique people that just really, really. This is our own Grace Point. Lauren Zook, yes, in the house here today, yes. Uh, but yeah, last evening we got to ride together uh, with a group of people um, from Encounter Church, and uh, we got rained out. Like, we got down there, and it's like, you know, hail, which isn't good for riding a motorcycle, apparently. And, you know, but we ended up all, like, cramming in underneath, like, this overhead, like a carport, kind of like we have, so many bikes we can fit in there. And... What happened is we had like an hour or so rain delay and kind of changed the whole schedule of the thing. So now you'd sit down a bunch of people that don't know each other in a room and, and just sit there and, okay, what do we do? You know, people that I don't know. And here I ended up talking to a guy um, who, through our course of conversation, ended up here he had lost one of his kids back in November, a 10-year-old daughter he lost has another daughter who is um, terminally ill as well. Um, two other kids. And so we got to able, obviously with what I've been through, we've been able, we got to connect a little bit and commiserate. It was a great party. Should have been there. It was a lot of fun. But no, it was, it was, it was beautiful. It really was. And it was, you know, and I asked a simple question. I'm like, dude, how, I, I've heard that that stuff can be really hard on your marriage. How, I, I don't want to pry, but how has that affected your marriage? And he just started breaking down and just started opening up about how many years and years of struggle with pride and struggle with anger and struggle with God and struggle with, um, which led into pornography and just all these issues that he kind of just, here we are, here are two people that never met, two people that were connected because of a motorcycle. And so I encourage you, I, I think there's these things that we can just naturally, you know, sometimes we think, oh, spiritual things, I need to, like, make this real, this has to be really godly for me to do. No, step into those things that you enjoy doing. God gave you desires in your heart. He's given you a place in your heart, and I encourage you to just step into those things. And it comes natural. And we all have things in our lives that we just naturally gravitate towards. We all have things in our life that just, you know, and I love talking to people and finding those things because their, their countenance changes. They, they all of a sudden, their cadence in their talk just speeds up a little bit and there's excitement in their voice because they're talking about whatever. They, you've reached something that's deeper than just a hobby. It might be their kids. It might be, actually, for one person I know, I, I don't understand this, for one person I know, it's cows, Seriously, I, I don't get it, but you know, if you ever have a law in the conversation, and there's been many times I've been there, how are the cows? <laughs> Next hour, two hours, solid, gone, just 
Here we go. And yeah, mm-hmm, really, really, mm, yeah, that's all I'm saying. You know, and, and yeah, it's, but there's things within us that we just naturally get excited about. There's things within us that just, that, that are beyond maybe just our likes and our hobbies, but they're things that really kind of just, we, we naturally just think about when we're not thinking about anything else. We naturally want to just Google stuff about it and find videos on YouTube about it. We, we just naturally just gravitate towards these things. And this morning, I would like to call these things treasures. Now, we don't normally use that word. Has anyone heard that word used this week? Like, oh, I treasure this. Like, I think the last time I really heard that in normal conversation was with my grandma, like probably 20 years ago, um, kind of thing. Like, oh, I treasure you so much. You know, you know what I mean? I mean, we just don't, we don't use this word very often uh, in our normal language, but it's true. We all have treasures. We all have things that we get excited about that just get us going and just get us excited. And if you don't know what yours is here this morning, I hope that you are able to think about the things that you treasure this morning. And if you don't know what it is, I encourage you to ask any of your friends or your spouse and they'll let you know, hopefully. Hopefully you have friends that are honest enough to say, well, you know what, I think this is your treasure because every time we get together, you're talking about this, you know, nudge, nudge kind of thing. But yeah, we all have them. We all have these things that we treasure. Um, and if, if you don't know what it is, another way to kind of look at it is to kind of see what are those things in your life that you find yourself really getting anxious over? Or you really start, um, there's anxiety with that. There's, there's fear that if that is taken away, what's going to happen? If I wake up tomorrow morning and my bank account is empty, what's going to happen? If I wake up tomorrow and so-and-so isn't with me, what's going to happen? There's, sometimes that can also trigger what those things are, our treasure that we treasure uh, in our hearts. And so this morning, I would like to look, uh, this morning and next week, I'd like to look a little bit more about what Jesus said about treasures. So if you have your Bible, I invite you to turn to Matthew 6. Um, We will be, uh, if you don't have a Bible, there is a Bible in the pew in front of you. Matthew is about two-thirds of the way through. It's part of the Gospels. It's the, the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew is one of the disciples that walked with Jesus. But Matthew 6... Uh, And this morning we're going to be looking mainly at chapters 19 through 24, but I want to give you a little context of where we're at, like where, I don't want to just jump in right there. And so as we look at the book of Matthew, he kind of goes through, okay, Jesus is born, he uh, is baptized, he's, he's tempted, his ministry is now starting, he's healing the sick, he's healing the blind, he's doing all these miraculous things, he's called his disciples, um, and there's crowds that are starting to gather. His ministry is starting to gather. There's intrigue because this guy is different and he's doing miraculous things and he's saying weird things. And so there's this crowd drawing. And so he goes up onto the hilltop on the mountaintop and gives this what we call a sermon on the mount, but starts laying out some of these things that are, hey, this is what I'm about. This is what's going on and tries to start communicating that to the people around. And so he, he starts off, and he's, a lot of what he's saying is just really, um, I would even say, 
uh, edgy, uh, definitely. Uh, of He would say things like, well, you've heard it said this way, but I tell you this way. And it's like, who has the authority to take the Scriptures, the Old Testament, you know, the, the law of Moses, and say, but I tell you this way. You know, but yet he's healing people. There's, he speaks with authority. There's something going on. We're not sure, but yet. So there's this tension in the, I guess not a room because they were outside, this space, there was tension there of what is this guy about? What's he about? What, what authority does he have to say all these things? And what is he trying to say? And it was, it was confusing to a lot of people. And so in chapter six, we kind of start coming in a little bit more. And he, he starts off with saying, hey, don't do righteous things in front of other people. You know, you will, if those people that do that, they'll receive their reward here. They won't receive it in heaven. And, and that, would go, that would have went well beyond their, their knowledge and their understanding of what it looked like to be religious. If you were religious, it showed. You were better than everybody else. And you showed it, and that was part of religion. And he's saying, no, don't do that. In fact, when you give, don't make a big thing about it. Don't, you know, actually, don't even let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. Give in such a way that you don't even you know, keep it as secret as possible. And also, when you, when you pray, um, don't stand on the corner, top, the, the corner of the street and say, man, God, in this elegant, beautiful prayers, uh, and God, I thank you that I'm not as bad as him over there, and all these things. Uh, you know, but no, go, in, go into your quiet place. Go into your closet. Go into the corner, and, and this is how you should pray. And he gives a template of how to pray kind of thing. He also says in fasting as well, of when you fast, don't, don't make it look like you're fasting. Don't make it about yourself. And, you know, put oil in your head. Make, you know, take a shower. You know, don't post it on Facebook. He didn't say that, but you know what I mean. You know, don't make a big deal out of this. If anything, you know, just do it for the Lord and you will receive your reward there. So he starts painting this picture. And then he moves into what we're going to be looking at here this morning, which is uh, verses uh, 19 through 24. And so I want to start with 19 and 20. We'll kind of just kind of walk through each verse by verse here this morning. But uh, 19 and 20, familiar if you've grown up in the church especially. Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. I want, to, I want you to catch that he's beginning to shape um, something here in, his, in, his, in, in how he's teaching, and he's beginning to create this tension of this constantly moving towards one thing or the other. Constantly moving towards either things in heaven or things in earth. He's not saying, hey, store up treasures in heaven and also on earth. He's saying, no, store up treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy. Don't store up treasures on earth. The other thing I want you to notice at this point is also it's plural. He's using the word treasures. And I know for me, when I've kind of glanced through this through different seasons of my Christian faith, I looked at that and it was like, oh, okay, well, the greatest treasure is accepting Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, being baptized. Yes, I choose to follow. I am a Christian. Check mark, done. Treasured. I found the right treasure. I found it. And it is. And it's awesome. And I pray that each one of you are able to find that. But it's treasures. There's plural. 
There's this always constantly moving towards one thing or the other. Always looking towards things of heaven and, and rewards there or things on earth. And this constant movement towards one or the other. And verse 21 is kind of the key verse in this. It says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. There's great importance for us to be honest and truthful about where our treasures are. And that's what I want for you this morning is to really think honestly and truthfully about what do you really treasure? What are you really going after in your life? What is it that you're really pushing towards? Because where you put our treasure, where you put a treasure or something, your heart is just naturally going to gravitate towards that, whether you want it to or not. Because you have set something there as a treasure, your heart is naturally just going to be drawn to that. Where we focus is where we usually go. And I, for, we see this even in uh, the natural realm, even in the little things. And a lot of God's principles are like this, that they, they apply not only to spiritual things, but other things as well. And my kids, when they were growing up, my, my one daughter um, told that you're never supposed to you know, mention names, especially when you're kids. Neither one of them are here. You know, it wasn't Lauren, and it rhymes with Farin. <laughs> was um, learning to to ride bicycle. And she was about five years old. And, and here she is, Oh, You could yeah, take pictures of that and send it on Facebook to her. She would really appreciate it. Um, but yes, anyway, um, Corinne was just five years old. She's learning to ride her bike. And we had a nice little dead-end street there you could ride on and not get killed. And it was nice to, to learn how to ride bicycle. But Corinne had this, this problem, especially when she first started riding. I mean, I'm talking days, first... Um, with, with, she had a, a, an automatic connection with this bush. Now, if, in fairness to our neighbor, this wasn't our bush. In fairness to our neighbor, yeah, it's a little overgrown, but it's not really impeding on the sidewalk. Like, it's, it's, it's under control. It's, it's really okay. But whenever Corinne would ride her bike up that sidewalk, she would end up in that bush. And she just would automatically just end up in the bush. And we get so frustrated, you know, it's like, why am I doing this? You know, and we actually realized that it was our fault. And, you know, years of counseling, she'll know after a while that everything was probably our fault. But anyway, that as she was riding, we would be like, Crin, look out for the bush. Crin, don't hit the bush. Crin, look out for the bush. You always hit the bush. And boom, there she is in the bush again. And so it kind of dawned on us that really maybe what we need to do is say, Crin, look at the driveway, like where you want to go. Like, look there, just go there. And then she, would, she did it, and she went, and she was so excited because she actually went where she was focused. And the same is true of us. That when we have a treasure, we, when we have something that, especially if we have in great value, our hearts will just naturally gravitate towards that. Our and the greater... Um, we, we value that, the greater we will seek that, the greater intentionality will be. The greater that we uh, value the treasure that's in front of us, the more that we won't see other things as sacrifices. We'll just naturally want to go for it. We'll just naturally want to see it. It controls us. It controls our hearts. It controls our passions. It controls our emotions. Next week, we'll talk a little bit long into it controls our actions. 
Um, but this morning, I want us to, to really think honestly and truthfully about where our treasures are. Where do they lie? Where our hope and our trust lie? Where our joys, where our true delights really come from? Where our thoughts go when we're not thinking anything? I, I, I came across this when I was studying this week. They call it free thought when you're not thinking anything. Just for the record, for a man, I, did, I couldn't comprehend it because we have a nothing box. And when I'm thinking nothing, I'm thinking nothing. So this idea of free thought, of like automatically, I don't know, women might, I'm hoping you guys understand it because I didn't. But anyway, the, uh, this, but no, this uh, thing of like when you're just sitting there, the thing you naturally start thinking about, the thing that you think about first, it just comes naturally. But just the importance of this idea that where our treasure is, there is our heart. And the importance of being real and being honest and being intentional about saying, I want my treasure on things of heaven and not on earth. I want things in heaven and not on earth. Verse 22 and 23, he goes on. He says, For the eye, of the, lamp of the, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Here again, reinforcing this either or or. This either you're looking for things toward light and they're bringing light into your life, or you're looking at things that are bringing darkness into your life. And the importance of being intentional and knowing where our hearts are and where our treasures are because it affects everything about us. It affects everything about us. Verse 24, in the last verse here, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And, and if you've grown up in the church, you've seen this before, you've, you've heard the, this, this verse before, and I, I wanted to kind of just also um, take that God and money a little bit and just kind of let you know what's going on behind that. If you notice in your text, uh, money is probably capitalized, and what that was, it, they had a, um, in the original Greek, there was a, it was a personification of money and wealth and things that, you know, basically dependency on yourself and being able to, I can control things, um, this idea that um, riches and just this, they, and they actually personified it and called it this name, of, and, it, and it was this idea that you were enslaved to it. And, and so Jesus is here and he's saying, you know, you can't serve both. You can't serve God and money. It's either or. It's one or the other. And there again, he draws, he's drawing this to such a strong point of you can only serve one master. You can't serve more. And I, I love this, this, this idea of, of money and this, the temptation of money because I, I think we all see it and we all know people who, who uh, it is a term that I love. It's kind of a weird term for me. It's called financial um, independence. And I don't know about you, but I don't know if I've known anyone who's really reached financial independence. They might have gotten a lot of money, and they might not need to you know, work a nine-to-five job, but man, they're more dependent on money than I've ever met. They're more, they're more worried about their investments and their, how their money is growing. They're more greedy with their money because they want to be financially independent. And it's just, it's a, it's, you know, it's a lie, and we, we see that, um, but yet there's such, a ten, there's such a temptation 
to I want to provide for myself. I don't want to be dependent on anybody else. And there's this, this um, tension that we live on. Do we want to serve God and go after God, or do we want to try to be independent? Do we want to try to do things on our own? And this idea, this divide that, God is, that Jesus is teaching here, that you will choose one or the other. You can't do both. Either you will hate the one or you love the other. You despise the one or you be devoted to the other. Uh, this tension, this, this you've got to be going one. And, and the more, the further we go along with the focus in one direction or the other, the more, I don't know if you've never noticed this, the more the other one looks absurd. It looks foolish. The more that we focus on God and we focus on, on those things, the more the things of the world look like, well, that's not even worth, that's, that's just stuff. You know, that's, that's not even that important. The more you're going after stuff and that, the more you look at godly things and you're like, you know, Christian gives 10% to the church. That's the stupidest thing. That's foolishness. It's just fo- Why would you do that? It's foolishness. But for the one who's going after God, it's saying, oh, yeah, yeah, I do. And man, you know, this week, I'm, this year, I'm working on 12, you know, because it's all his and the rest of the stuff is just stuff. You know, it just doesn't matter. And so, you know, we are the this, this more that we focus, the more that we see value and treasure in things, the more we will go, the more that divide will continue to happen and we'll see it in our lives. Um, you can, he says, no one can serve two masters. But I think we all know that we all will serve one. Whether it's self-dependency, whether it's whatever, whether it's God. We can't serve two masters. We serve one. So my challenge for you today is is to think honestly and intentionally about what your treasures are. You know, um, in life, we've, you often hear this um, exercise of um, when you get to your end of your life, what do you want people to remember you by? What do you want your legacy to be? And um, for those of you that that know, I've lost my wife in the beginning of this year. And one thing, it was through cancer, and the one thing that the benefit of cancer was that you're able to kind of know it's coming, um, unless God intervenes. And so we were able to have this conversation at a deeper level. We've had this years before, and you might even call it a bucket list of things that, you know, if you knew this is what we would want to do and that kind of stuff. And we had our list before. But when it, when it really came down to it, when we really found ourselves literally in that place of knowing that, hey, we have a year here where things are okay, and they might not be, and there's a good chance that they won't be soon. So what do we want to do? What's important to us? And we looked at our bucket list that we had, and you know what? It all came down to stuff. It all came down to empty stuff. Hey, we want to go and do a a tour in Europe and see castles. Man, that'd be awesome. Yeah, that's just a couple pictures and stuff. We'd come home again, it's stuff. I don't want to do that. And for, for her, it became, you know, I just want to be around friends and family and just do the normal things that we've been doing. That's who I love. And if I went away for a little while and we did a tour for a while or whatever to see great things, well, I'd be away from my family and friends and that I would rather not be away from them. For her, it was even, I want to go to work. 
right? But it was this normalcy and this idea that they're my friends at work. It's my team at work. If I take some time off, they're not going to rehire someone for just a little period, and, and that's going to put more stress on the team, and I don't want to do that to them. They don't deserve that. They've got enough already. I want to keep, I want to keep going and being, being a part and helping. So we have this reality, and I, and I don't know how to paint that picture for you to be able to get to that place of being able to say, what is really important to me? When I'm done with this life, when I'm done, what do I want people to say or to think when they say my name? What do I want that? And to be able to get beyond just some of the surfacey stuff and seriously really think of that and really lay that out and maybe even write that down. And then the obvious follow-up question to that is if that's what you want to be, then why not now? Why not living that way now? Because that's how you'll be. Why not start treasuring those things? Because your heart will naturally then grow towards those things. You're, you will naturally, it won't be a sacrifice to do some of those things because you'll treasure those things. And I, I, I want to challenge you this morning to think that what are you treasuring and is it producing the results that you want at the end of your life? What are you going after this morning? What are you searching for? What has grabbed your heart and has such a great value that you want to go towards, that you find yourself naturally just excited talking about? And is it producing the fruit that you want to see when you're at the end of your life? And I hope it is. I hope it is. And the good news is that if it isn't, there's time to change. It's easy. It's just making a decision of, I want to be purposeful. I want to be honest with myself. I want to be intentional on what is it that I treasure because that is important and that is where my heart is going to go. Next week, we're going to look a little bit at where our treasure is, how it controls our heart was this week. Next week, we're going to look at where our heart controls our actions and what do we do with all this. Um, so I, I hope that you come back for next week and we'll, we'll continue in Matthew 6 and, and finish out the schedule, uh, the the chapter next week. Will you pray with me? Dearly Father, we are so grateful for this morning. We're so grateful for this time that we can come here and Lord, maybe look at a very familiar passage, but hopefully in a new way to see the, um, the importance of being honest and intentional about where our treasure is. To be able to, to look and see that that how it controls our heart and our desires, our hopes, our fears. And Lord, that we can continually be reminded to, to, to see you, to look for you, to, to try to store up treasures in heaven and not just on stuff around us. And that we can still enjoy those things around us. And it's not wrong to, to have stuff, but Lord, that, that it's, it's a fruit of just going hard after you. And it, if it goes away, it goes away. It's just stuff. But Lord, that we're going at, we know that, that you are a great treasure and it's a great value in our lives. May we put you in that place of great value and great importance. May you be our hope. May you be the, um, when the storms of life come, may you be that hope. May you be that treasure that we, have, we cling to and we search for. 
and we look for. May you be that for us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.